1: Good morning, blessed family. Good morning, beloved. How are you doing? I pray that you are well, always, always, always. And um, last Friday, uh, we had the unspeakable happiness, privilege, honor of having Bishop Athanasius Snyder with us, Auxiliary Bishop of Astana, St. Mary's in Astana, Kakistan. And we've had many beautiful responses. Um, to that program. What a Prince of the Church who speaks so beautifully, so clearly, so truthfully, so Catholic. Our hearts are still filled with the grace of his visit. Um, if you didn't see that, you certainly uh, can, can look at a, uh, a podcast of it by going to thestationgacross.com or LifeSite News. Um, or uh, either Apostolate's Facebook page, or Mother Miriam Live Facebook page, YouTube, so many places. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful program uh, to have in the midst of the confusion of our days within the Church, to have such clarity spoken Um I'm very, very grateful, and what we began on Monday, I apologize, I couldn't be with you yesterday, we needed to run an encore, but what we began on Monday, this is Wednesday, what we began on Monday was to uh, revisit an article that uh, was an interview with Bishop Athanasius Snyder six years ago with LifeSite News titled, 12 Steps to Surviving as a Catholic Family in a Heretical Wasteland. If we needed them six years ago, we certainly need them today because the heretical wasteland has simply flourished as heretical and wasteland. And we need to know how to survive as a Catholic family, certainly as... um, as a people of God altogether but especially the family and especially the catholic family because it is not simply the family it is the catholic family that god established that is the key to the survival of civilization. So Catholic parents, you have a very serious vocation, and you've been given a very serious and free grace to live that vocation and raise godly children for heaven and get one another to heaven. And um, the article begins, I'm not going to read the whole article, I'll just run down those 12, we never finished the end of it, Um, as the battle for the very soul of the family and all its members intensifies around the world with the push for sexual anarchy veiled as education, the undermining of what is truly masculine and feminine in the name of gender rights and the destruction of marriage masquerading as equality, a spiritual leader who has suffered under the terror of a communist regime has laid out a survival plan for Catholic parents who find themselves in a secular, relativistic, and hostile environment, but who simply want to raise their children to become future citizens of heaven. And again, Bishop Snyder grew up in communism, Uh, He grew up uh, persecuted, Um, no daily Mass, sometimes no Mass for months, I'm not even sure, possibly years, and um, yet he had faithful parents. And every Sunday they dressed for church, but they stayed home because there was no church, there was no priest, and they read the scriptures at home, they read the readings of the Mass at home, they received spiritual communion, communion and set that day aside for God. And they lived as people of God. And so we are heading that way because history does not learn from the past or repeats itself and our country is going into what Bishop Athanasius Snyder knew as a child. Um, and so he knows what it is to survive in a heretical wasteland. And he says there's 12 steps Catholic parents must take. They must, number one, see persecution as a grace from God for becoming purified and strengthened, not simply as something negative. And, beloved, if we need proof of that, look at this prince of the church who is what he is today, strengthened through persecution, his faith deepened through persecution. Number two, become rooted yourself in the Catholic faith through study of the catechism. And I say, beloved parents, do not send your children. Get them out of public schools, get them out of Christian schools, get them out of Christian Bible studies. If they're not Catholic, you will convert your children to Protestantism without intending to. But it's not just a matter of... Difference in doctrine, it's a way of seeing. And if they absorb a Protestant way of thinking and of seeing God, your children will not be Catholic. You need to study the catechism with them. And as Bishop Snyder said last Friday, if you cannot, if it's impossible, for whatever reasons, for you to take your children out of public schools or other schools, um... You still are responsible before God for their education. When they come home, afternoons and evenings, you need to teach them. You need to run what they have been taught through the grid of the Catholic faith. Number three, you need to protect your family's integrity above all else. Keep together as a family, dear ones. Number four, catechize your children as your first duty. And again, you catechize them for nine months in your womb, Mom. You teach them as they are born. You diaper them. You sing to them. As soon as they're able to say a word, you teach them to say Jesus, Mommy, Daddy, and Jesus. You teach them to walk. You teach them values and Uh, don't turn them over to the world when they're a few years old. Don't do that. If you must, make sure you continue to form and teach them at home. Do not let the world, even the Catholic world, raise your children. Number five, pray with your children daily, such as litanies and the rosary. Pray with them before they go to school Pray with them in the morning. Pray with them in the evening. Get together as a family and pray the rosary. Say bedtime prayers. Pray with them all the time. Set up a Catholic prayer table in your home and pray there. Come together at the prayer table with your family. Six, turn your home into a domestic church. There's no such thing in my mind, beloved, as secular and religious. There's no such thing. God has not divided us. He's made us children of God. And whatever we do, whatever we say, our work, uh, going to church, praying, being with friends, it's all religious. There's no such thing as secular. We're not part of this world. We are in it and not of it. It is strictly religious. So wherever we are, We think of God, we speak of Him, we honor Him, and if we don't have the opportunity to speak of Him, we at least do not speak language or um, words that will not honor Him or not be true of Him. Seven, in the absence of a priest and Sunday Mass, make spiritual communion. Mothers, fathers, bring your children together. If you don't get to Mass on Sunday for any reason, bring your children together read the Scriptures, pray together, and make a spiritual communion, and stay together as a family on Sunday, and worship God. Number eight, withdraw your family from a parish spreading error, and attend a faithful parish, even if you have to drive far. Beloved, I I said this last time, if you have to drive four hours to get to Mass, Mass is an hour, maybe you stay to pray and you drive four hours home that's an entire day to get to a mass and your family is together on a sunday worshiping god in the car singing hymns reading scriptures maybe a little um, beautiful little saint film for the children in the car Um, uh, make it a day of prayer for god Number nine, withdraw your children from school if they are encountering immoral danger in sex ed. Beloved, sex ed does not belong in any school, public, private, or Catholic. Sex ed does not belong in the school. It is the parents who are to, who are to teach children. And you must do this, parents. There are many books to help you. Go to Solid, Good Catholic Resources and you will get good books to help your children. Number ten, if you cannot withdraw your children from school, establish a coalition of parents to fight for that right. Just withdraw them and homeschool them. But if you cannot for any reason, or they have a sex ed class, or a new age class, or whatever it is that is not Catholic, if you cannot withdraw, if they will not allow you to withdraw your child from that one class unless you withdraw them from the school completely, form a coalition of parents and um, uh, fight for that. Don't give in. Fight for that. Fight for the souls of your children. Number 11, fight for parental rights using available Democratic tools. I know that our government has said that parents who fight for the rights of their children are um, terrorists. This is insane. This is Satan's language. It has nothing to do with God. Parents are the first teachers of their children, primary teachers of the children. The schools and the teachers are to serve the parents. Parents have not to come under any authority of the teachers. Teachers and schools have no authority over the parents. It's the reverse. Don't you let that happen. There's the music, dear ones, for our first break. We'll be right after the break, and we'll give you number 12, and then conclude the article. And take your calls, your texts, and your emails this hour at one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com we'll be right back hello beloved this is mother Miriam how would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith filled priests You can tune in to sermons for everyday living, every day, at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. As part of our continuing effort to
2: teach the sometimes lost beauty of our faith, we are broadcasting a special educational lesson every Wednesday called Lessons in Latin. These many
3: teachings from the Institute of Christ the King break down the history of the various parts of our Holy Mass. You can hear Lessons in Latin Wednesdays at approximately 5.15 a.m., 3.45 p.m., and 9.40 p.m.
2: Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's the Station of or 1 866 628 2277.
1: Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am Mother Miriam Live. We are live and we're happy and thrilled to be able to be with you. Um, and we will take your calls after the next break. Um, you're welcome to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We are um, 12, uh, reading uh, an article from a um, interview on site News with Bishop Athanasius Snyder that was done six years ago. It's as applicable, applicable today as ever, and we're on point 12. Be prepared for persecution in protecting your children. <clears throat> And that refers back to the bishop's first point, see persecution as a grace from God for becoming purified and strengthened, not simply as something negative. You see, beloved, when we are persecuted, we clarify ourselves. I think about Abraham. When God told Abraham to kill his son Isaac, his only son, Uh, I think God knew Abraham's heart, but he brought Abraham to clarity to know his own heart. Would Abraham kill his son, his only son, Isaac, the son of promise, the son through which God promised in Exodus 12, Genesis 12 rather, that he would bless all the nations of the earth, the son through whom the messianic light would proceed and bring forth the Messiah, kill Isaac, kill that son, and it was a test for Abraham, an awful test, but he believed God. And God counted it as righteousness for him. He believed God and tied up Isaac and had the knife ready to slay Isaac when the voice came behind him, uh, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And there was a ram caught in the thicket of the fence behind Abraham who would take the place of Isaac. That was a prophecy of the father killing his only son only for our Lord, there was no ram th- stuck in the thicket. He was truly killed for our sins, wounded for our iniquities, and the chastisement due to us was put on him. When we encounter trials, as we are now, as we will continue to, um, our faith is purified. We either leave Christ or we begin to trust him as we never have before. And we live for him. It's the only way to heaven. No compromise, no compromise. Not one step in the church and one step in um, the world. Can't do it, all or nothing at all. Bishop Snyder said that being a Catholic family in the truest sense of the word is the key to survival. And he said, from my experience, the time of the persecution, the vital importance is the family, the integrity of the family, and that both parents are deeply rooted in the faith. I'm going to interrupt uh, this article to say, if you're not deeply rooted in the faith, don't feel bad for yourself. Don't have a pity party. Don't say, I was never taught. When you stand before God, those will not be excuses. We are adults, We are responsible to know our faith. Get the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I recommend the Catechism Explained, which is the Catechism of Trent. It's a fat book, and it has all the explanation of the faith that you can um, uh, thrive on. It's uh, commented by Reverend Asparago. S-P-I-R-A-G-O, I think published now in soft cover, less expensive by Mediatrics Press. You can get it many, many places. The Catechism Explained. And again, if you get instead the current catechism that came out following Vatican II, that's fine also. But read it. Read it as a couple. Read it as a family. It's not a terribly scholarly work. It was written for the faithful. And you can read it. It's a devotional book. I know Protestants that have come into the church simply reading through that catechism. It'll give you a reason for the hope that's within you, which we are commanded to have. Peter wrote, sanctify. That is to set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for the hope that's in you. Defense is not to be defensive. It's the word apologia. It is to give a reasoned explanation for the hope that's within you. And Bishop Snyder said this is then transmitted to the children. I would like to say, he said, that the children have to receive the faith with the milk of the mother. He says that often is the most beautiful expression and true. And then the first task of the parents is to transmit to the children the purity, the beauty, the integrity of the Catholic faith in a simple manner. And parents, please know, this is me speaking, that you teach the faith more by your actions than your words. Children will learn by what you do and what they see, not so much by what you say. Uh, Archbishop Chapu years ago said, the greatest gift a father can give his children is to love their mother. And the reverse is true. The greatest gift a mother can give her children is to love their father. Part of the result of the fall is women taking control. You are not to be in control. You to be submissive to your husband and fathers, men. Your wife is to be submissive to a man who will lay down his life for her as Christ did the church. That's the love our Lord intends a woman to submit to, and that is the love every woman longs to submit to. Mother, you can shower your children with gifts and hugs and love and surprises, all kinds of things. If you put their father down, if you disrespect him, if you are the controller and wear the pants of the house, it'll mean nothing to them. They will not get a beautiful view of marriage, and they will not feel love no matter what you do. Children learn love and feel love and feel secured when they see mother and father loving each other kissing one another in the kitchen. That makes the children happy. That makes them feel loved and secure. Bishop Schneider said, parents need to rise up to the responsibility of creating an environment within the home where children can flourish spiritually. I think this is today, he said, the main task for families to establish a culture of domestic church, as he said. You need to do that, beloved. There should be pictures of saints all over your house, prayer table, candles, rosaries. It needs to be a Catholic home. Going to church should not be another world. When you go to church, it is the church going to church to worship God, not to fellowship, not to be with friends, but to worship the God of the universe. If children are being poisoned outside the home, such as in school, through hedonistic and nihilistic sex education programs, then parents have the obligation to withdraw their children. I've had many parents come to me, I didn't know what my children were taught. That's your fault. You have no right putting them in the hands of people whose agenda you don't know. You must know what your children are going to be taught before they go to school you must. Well, the school won't show me the books. Then get your children out. Don't send them there. And again, if you have hedonistic, nihilistic sex ed programs, you must, must, M-U-S-T, withdraw your children. You'll teach them at home. If you can't homeschool, take them to work. Find, and you'll homeschool them in the evenings and weekends. Find, other homeschooling parents who might, if you must work, MUST, find as much as you can other homeschooling parents who can take your children in. Form little homeschooling co-ops. You cannot, Bishop says, you cannot expose your children to an immoral danger. It is impossible. Catholic parents in defending their children from this immorality, have to be even ready to suffer, yes, to suffer consequences. If a country's this is Bishop Snyder, if a country's law makes if a country's laws make it impossible for withdrawal, he added, then parents should band to, band together and fight for the right using whatever democratic means are available. If children are being poisoned from the pulpit, The same logic applies, and parents must find a faithful parish. He said, calling unfaithful priests and bishops traitors of the faith. When pastors or members of the hierarchy contradict the teaching of Christ, the teaching of the perpetual magisterium of the church, of the catechism, you have to withdraw your children from these churches and not go to them even if you have to travel a hundred kilometers to a faithful church, I'd have to work that out in miles. Does't matter. Take your children out. Take your family to a faithful church. Bishop Snyder recounted how his parents were overjoyed to move to a location in the Soviet Union where there was a Catholic church within a hundred kilometers. Bishop said, I think that in the Western world, in the United States, you will find a church maybe closer than 100 kilometers where there may be a good priest. So avoid these churches where error is preached. Such places are destroying the faith of the people. These churches are destroying. We have to avoid them. Such people are traitors of the faith even when they have the title of priest or bishop, he said. Bishop Snyder went on to give advice regarding how faithful Catholics who love the Pope and who do not wish to harm the papacy might express themselves in raising concerns about Pope Francis. Now, this is six years ago. The Church is not run like a dictatorship, and uh, Bishop Snyder emphasized that in our interview this past Friday. The Church is not run like a dictatorship, where no one can contradict the dictator. He said, adding that the Holy Father is our Father and Catholics must not be afraid to voice their cares and concerns to him over his governance of the Church. Bishop Snyder ended his interview offering LifeSight News and its supporters his blessing. He said, God bless you and continue your holy and very precious work for family and marriage and for the Gospel and for the Church. Beloved, Go to this article and memorize it. Go to the article. um, How life's a bishop. Bishop Snyder's what twelve steps to surviving as a Catholic family in a heretical wasteland. Memorize those steps. Live as a Catholic family. Do whatever you can. Keep growing deep in your faith. Let your children not see anything that comes from you that is not inconsistent, that is not consistent with the faith. Let them not hear a word from your mouth that does not honor God. Let them not experience your anger, your impatience, your disgust, your disagreement with one another. Keep it to yourself and take it to God and ask God to grow you in virtue that you can help people that you need to correct. Not put them down, not slice them up, not yell and scream, but teach them the love of God and the way of truth. There's the break. Music for our second break, beloved. We'll have the entire half hour when we come back all to ourselves. I love this time. Um, And you are free to call in and welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Um, Toll free. We'll be right back.
4: This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 19th. Today we celebrate Saints Isaac Jogues and John de Brebeuf and Companions. Today's Saints were the first martyrs on the North American continent. Each one answered the call to preach the gospel among the Huron Indians in the New World. Their faith and heroism planted belief in Christ's cross deep in our land. In 1636... Jesuit fathers Isaac Jogues, John de Brébeuf, and their companions arrived in Quebec from France. Given the existing intertribal rivalries and uniform hostility toward Christians, the missionaries were immediately at risk. Between the years 1642 and 1649, all were captured, tortured, and put to death. Following his initial capture and escape, Father Jogues briefly returned to France, where he was welcomed as a hero but his zeal led him back once more to preach the gospel among the Hurons. John de Brébeuf was expelled for a time when the English captured Quebec, but he returned four years later. During his 24 years in Canada, he composed catechisms and a dictionary in Huron and received 7,000 converts into the church. The eight Jesuit martyrs of North America were canonized in 1930. Today, they are honored by shrines in upstate New York and in Ontario, Canada. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day.
3: I
5: would always hear from uh, different people at non-Catholic churches that Catholics were going to hell or that they really didn't know who the Lord was. The Catholic Church is not all what people say it is. I mean, it's completely different. There's so many stereotypes. It's very possible to know the Lord and it's very possible to have a relationship with God in the Catholic Church. I believe I was born into the Catholic Church and that's where I belong.
2: If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org.
1: This is our half hour all to ourselves, and you are welcome. Our lines are wide open to call in with anything at all on your heart, toll free, one 511 5483 You may text at that number as well, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We're going to take an email from Stephen, who writes, Hi, Mother. My name is Stephen. <clears throat> and I am from Boston. I love you and your show so much, thank you, Stephen. I am a 36-year-old father of two girls, ages five and three. I recently became a practicing Catholic again over the last two years. After a very difficult separation with my daughter's mother, we were never married. Well, blessed be God that you have come back to the faith, Stephen. He writes, two years back, I lost my food business from COVID. My father passed away, and I separated from my daughter's mother. All of these things happened within six months. It was like a three-punch combo knockout. I had never been so broken in my life. The last few years have been incredibly difficult. But with Jesus and a fellowship and your show, I've managed to get back on my feet. Blessed be God, Stephen. He writes, you speak about taking medication for depression, um, just a baby dose, as you put it, to free me up. That hit me. I've never taken medication in my life and was against getting help, but I did thanks to you. I now run a successful food truck business and live at home with my widowed mother and see my daughters half the week that does my heart such good we're such afraid we're so afraid to take neurological medicine or psychological medicine if we have if we you know we're short on vitamin d we have to take vitamin d pills if um We have other problems with our bodies. We take vitamins or things to help us. It's no different with the brain or the head. Um, It's very, very wonderful, and it it doesn't drug us. That's why I said you start with a baby dose, and you can always increase that, but you you really feel like yourself without living in depression. It's a wonderful thing. I'm I'm so glad for this, Stephen. He continues, I guess my question is what now? My ex has a new boyfriend. I want a family. I want to get married in the church. But if it is not with the mother of my children, should I pursue elsewhere? My priest originally told me I would have to wait two and a half years to get her back because I was with her for five years and never married. I've never heard such a thing. I'm not the, um, the all and end all of canon law, but I've never heard such a thing because you were with her for five years and never married that you'd have to wait two and a half years to get her back. I have I have no idea where that comes from. I can't say he's wrong. I've just never heard such a thing. Um, and again, you don't have to get her back. You were never married. Um But now, Stephen says, it is looking like that ship has sailed because she's got a boyfriend. I love my daughters very much and I feel like a failure for letting them grow up in a broken home. Stephen, the only failure in life is someone who fails to get up. As long as you keep fighting and trying and growing in holiness and leading your daughters to God for the time you do have them half every week is wonderful, uh, then you're not a failure. Um, many, many, I, I tell you what, if I had to account for the regrets all my life before I was Catholic, um, it'd take a million years uh, for me to uh, even atone for them. There's, Jesus did that, and I, uh, I, I'll i never be grateful enough. So no, no. Um, um, what you've done it previously... Um, is was certainly, as you know, outside of God's design. But blessed be God by his grace, he's brought you back, and now you can help save your daughters and bring them to heaven. Stephen says, maybe I'm not supposed to be married, and my vocation is something else. I don't expect you to have the answer for these types of things, but I just think you are the greatest and I love how you speak the truth. (laughs) Thank you, dear one. He says, best, Stephen. Stephen, um, if you remain pure... In your body, in your in your uh, Catholicism, there's nothing wrong with your dating. You were not married before. There's nothing wrong with your dating. There's nothing wrong with your marrying. The thought of your waiting two and a half years, I have no idea what that's about whatsoever. All you need to do, which I know you already have done, is go to confession, live as holy life as you can, um, do penance as you're instructed. Uh, if you can get a holy priest who can become your spiritual director, that would be good. Um, and lead your daughters in your faith, in their faith, by um speaking to them, by teaching them, by reading to them, but mostly by your life. Your daughters will see a contrast between your life and their mother's life with their her boyfriend. They'll see a great contrast. They'll know that you love God, and they'll know what you're teaching them is authentic, not because you say it, because you've become it and you live it. So I could see no issue, dear one, with your dating, and if God brings you a holy Catholic spouse um, you're marrying in the church okay Um, we have a call uh, from cecilia in tempe arizona hi cecilia hi
5: good morning good
1: morning dear one
5: good to meet you um hi i was actually been on my heart i've been meaning to call you actually for like the last three weeks um hmm. but um i wanted to say god bless you and thank you for this show and then thank also you. um i really have been on my heart you know a lot of the stuff coming out about watch the water and you know um no you know,
1: no i'm not sure what you're water, saying starting talk a little slower and tell me what you just said about water
5: yes so um,
1: what I'm trying to say, I'm,
5: I'm in my car, so I'm hoping that I'm not echoing. I guess, uh, Are you driving thing. or are you
1: stopped? Um, I am almost stopped. Okay. I'm D- stop right now. Um, but I'm in my no, car. No, no, so Cecilia, don't talk and don't say a word until you are stopped and parked. Okay, I'm like two
5: seconds. Okay.
1: Are you parked or you simply favorite? stopped at a light?
5: I'm stopped at a light, but I'm about ready to turn the corner into a stop area. No,
1: I want you to call me back when you're parked, Cecilia. I don't want to speak to anyone while they're driving, and I don't want to hold other people up. Call me back, dear one, when you're parked. I'm parked.
5: parked. I'm stopped. I'm stopped. I'm stopped. I'm stopped right here. So, okay, so I just want to tell you, I'm stopped. Literally stopped. Um, So, um, what I'm trying to say is that... um, there's been a lot of information coming out about the water supply and how they're putting COVID in the water and whatnot. I'm not sure if you've seen some of these documentaries. And I was thinking, you know, if there's any way that we could get a priest or, you know, a, a, a many priests to maybe, you know, consider going out and blessing the water supply to keep it, you know, you know, holy for the people to drink. You know, I'm not really sure you know, what else can be done at this point, um, you know, as far as protecting the water for the people, but I was wanting to put it towards you and your thoughts on, you know, some steps that could be taken in the church's perspective on keeping the water supply, you know, blessed and, you know, hopefully protected from poisons and and things like that. So that was kind of my
1: question. All right, Cecilia, you know, when a person is ill, the priest will come... uh, and, and let's say bless that person, but it doesn't mean that the illness will be healed, will be cured. So it does not uh, follow that when priests bless water that the COVID or the poisons put into it won't be there. That doesn't necessarily follow. Um, perhaps if priests um, perform an exorcism, over the water, so it's exercised water. Um, that may be better, but I don't still know that it'll be free from the disease. So I, I cannot say that. I'd have to be more of a medical person or scientist to say that. I would not never assume that if they're poisoning the water, um, that when it's blessed, it would be pure. God has done that in the past. He's done it with St. Benedict. He's done it with some of the saints.
5: Yeah, who, that's what I was thinking about with St. Benedict. Yeah. Well,
1: the water didn't become pure. The, the cup with the poison he simply... Kind
5: of took, it, took it from him. <laughs> right.
1: The water did not become pure. The cup that was poisoned was uh, smashed, you see? So it right. revealed the poison. So no, right. I, I would not direct that or count on that at all. Yeah. I think you know to 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 purify water um we can take it there are certain filters we can buy you know many people are are um are preparing for extra water by with uh, with rain barrels from their gutters you know to fill up tanks and there's purifying systems they could get to purify that water so it's drinking water that's one thing uh, to boil it to get rid of any poisons but I don't know about covid disease and other things I, I i don't know if that water can be purified
5: okay all right well that was my question thank you so much for hearing me you, and
1: for caring about my safety and i hope yes you have a sweetheart all right cecilia the thing that i would think uh that would be the safest is what i just said that many people are beginning to get rain catchers huge barrels uh connected to their downspouts in their homes that collect rainwater. Um because we can learn
5: about that because um I mean even um what to do when you live in like a um condominium, you know, how to collect the rainwater because there's even been some prophecy just coming out, you know, um about more diseases in the water and things like that. Yeah, but it
1: won't be in the rainwater uh, it, yeah. The rainwater will be pure. So, um, yeah. and again, it, it it still needs to be filtered. Um, do what you can. Um, move, go to the country. Uh, arrange with someone in the country to give you a supply of water monthly uh, from their yeah, rain it, barrels.
5: It's, my heart. it's not an easy thing. I don't. I'm not. You know. The, I'm not rich at all, so I can't. It can't easily move. You know. So, and I don't own land or.
1: You know, it's not no, 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 but what I'm right. saying is you're in the position that millions are in., um, yeah. do what you can to yeah. uh, arrange with people in the country, maybe to help you with their supply of water, or um, uh, are you thinking that even water drinking well, water I mean, in I bottles
5: water, I mean, I have water collected. The Lord, you know, audibly said to me, uh, literally audibly said, Gather three months worth of food, and that was and literally that's been actually the, right before COVID hit, and I thought, what, what did you say? I literally audibly heard that. So I've been Good. collecting food and water, but you know what is there to even with my you know you know collecting rainwater would probably be the next best thing, but even with my you know efforts that I've been you know in, in thinking about my family and you know just you know what am I going to do and trying to even get the message out has been you know. But even the collecting of the water that I have I was like, maybe I'm gonna last three months on this, but if the water is poison and you can't even boil out the next
1: virus are they just Are you suggesting are you suggesting are you saying that bottled water such as distilled water, the drinking water um, might be poison?
5: Um, I'm I'm no. I'm thinking like um, I mean Uh, Well, you know, it's a possibility. I've been watching this one thing where they've been putting some of that graphene oxide in some of the smart water and stuff like that. So some, yes. But um, I mean, the levels at which the evils are going on in this world
1: is. is Cecilia, I know that, sweetheart. But But before they get worse, I would go to the store and get uh, 50 gallons of distilled water and and find a place to store it. All yeah, right, honey. right now I have, you know,
5: 25 probably of the five-gallon barrel, you know, that I just get from the, um, you know... Um okay store that you could pay 25 cents anyways it was just something i was thinking about you know blessing the water angels protecting the water that
1: type of deal right i, I wouldn't exactly. count on that i i personally wouldn't know to count on that god bless you dear one there's the music for our final break beloved we'll have 10 minutes when we come back which is plenty of the time plenty of time for you to call in if you wish toll free one 511 5483 or email at mother at com. We'll be right back.
2: What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give.
5: I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily and I absolutely love it.
2: I was attending the chapel and places like that, and through your programs, I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the Station of the Cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. Do you love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information.
3: This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, your host of The Catholic Current. Join me on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern to meet Dr. Stephen White. I'm going to ask him, what's next for Catholic doctors? Will Catholic doctors become safe, legal, and rare? Hear it all on The Catholic Current on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, coming to you from the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio Mobile app.
1: Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have 10 minutes, plenty of time for you to call in. If you wish, our lines are wide open. Um, And as I said with Cecilia, do not call in if you're driving. If you wish to call in and you're on the road, please pull over and park Um, our toll-free number. Uh, with anything whatsoever on your heart, it does not have to be our topic, but your topic. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart, and the toll free number 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross dot com. We have Julie on the line from Nashville. Hi, Julie. Hi, Mother. How are you today? I'm I'm wonderful. How about yourself?
3: I'm good. Um, my question well, good is, is a little
1: less uh, than wonderful, but I'll t- I'll take it.
3: No, I'm wonderful. I'm here with oh, <laughs> my children today, and it's a wonderful day.
1: <clears throat> good.
3: Yes. Um, so I'm going to ask a question about something that has been on my mind um, a little bit, and so sure. I quit. I'm an I'm a nurse by trade. I mm-hmm. actually have my PhD in executive nursing leadership Wow! and in in 2020 when the pandemic happened um our whole life turned upside down and Mm -hmm. in a very good way and the blessed mother had called us to homeschooling and it it was made very clear um so needless to say i quit my job we moved to the state of tennessee um, and we have found a wonderful community of devout um, Catholics
1: here. beautiful.
3: so we um, we homeschool our children with a very strong Catholic curriculum. Good. and we have no desire to put the kids back in school. Mm-hmm. And so that is clear. And so it's clear that my husband is the spiritual head of the household. He provides for the family. Um, and I, now school the children.
1: With this is that, beautiful. So far, uh, so good.
3: So far, so good. I have had the desire to go back to school, and I'll tell, I'll explain why, to get my um, psychiatric nurse practitioner. And my desire for this is I have found within our devout Catholic community that there's really a need for faith-based medical mental health treatment it's really lacking even I, I see some of the family members so i have this desire to do that and my my husband is fully aware and i've just been praying about it a lot um again we have no desire to put the kids back in school so it's a matter can i school myself alongside of the children which i think i can and if i do so when i get done with the program my desire is to not take away from the family but like contribute to the family Um, so I don't know if there is something I could do like work within the home now there is a faith based Catholic healthcare um, clinic that just opened up in Nashville with exactly, it's a Catholic faith based approach to um, medical treatment, mental health, acute care, Um, so there's good things happening here Um, of course if I were to do something like that. I would have to leave the home and go outside and work. So my question for you is, should I entertain this desire? Because I feel like if I can get through the schooling, it actually can contribute to my household. And the other the other um, aspect that I didn't mention yet is that my husband has the opportunity to work part-time, um, and still receive benefits. So if that's the case, we both can homeschool the children. He could do part-time, I could do part-time work, and we can homeschool the children together in the future. So that's my conundrum, and I'm, I'm wondering if I should entertain this desire for to become a mental health practitioner and help people in a faith-based way, especially in the devout community.
1: Julie, my dear sister, I don't think it's of God at all. I don't think it's of God at all. What you desire is very good. And the enemy who wants to destroy the home, keep it going, but not make it a saintly home. Just keep the faith, keep things going. Between you and your husband, both of you work to support you. Both of you homeschool the children. It's all going to work out. I don't think it's God's plan whatsoever. Um, your, Your husband in his current job, does he support the family? Yes. Does he need your help, income-wise?
3: Not at the moment, no.
1: Now, when you say not at the moment, he can work part-time, but why would he?
3: He, if he were to only work part-time and then me not work at all, no, he could not
1: support. No, well, why would he work part-time is my question.
3: So he would work part-time just so both of us can be more hands-on with the homeschooling.
1: Yeah, I think that's not of God. It's not of God. I'm telling you, Julie, if if Satan comes as an angel of light, he's not going to tempt you with sin or evil. He's only going to begin so, so subtly with good things. What you're talking about is all good. There's nothing wrong with it. But, and it seems quite workable but he's gonna tempt you with anything that is gonna begin to draw your entire heart, soul, and body away from your vocation as a mother and raising saints in your children and your husband as the father. Um, This will interject something into the family that God has not brought. You don't have to do it. Um, If you split yourself, You could say, no, I'll still be with my children. You will not. You will have other things on your heart. You will have other things on your mind. You're going to try to make everything work, and you probably will. You sound very intelligent, very accomplished, um, and strong. But um, it will bring an outside element into your family. Your children will feel it, and they will know that they're not... The focus of your whole life. The family is not the focus of your whole life. The outside world is, vocation is, helping other people is. God has not given that to you. He's given you the vocation of being a mother, and your husband of being a father, of you being at home. Families are transformed not by efficiency, not by getting things done, not by making sure the children are okay being homeschooled and dinner is made and we do this partnership and all that. No. Um, Families are transformed mostly by the mother whose heart is in the home, whose hearth is the home. And uh, you are as much home to them, you are more home to them than the house they live in. It's you they need, not things being done or scheduled. So, Julie, I hear your heart, um, your intelligence. Could this all work out? I think it could, but I don't think it's God's design. And I think your children will suffer, and I think your marriage will suffer. I'm not a prophet, but I believe all of that very strongly. How old are your children? How many do you have?
3: I have three. I have a five-year-old. I have a seven-year-old daughter, and I have a ten-year-old
1: son. Put everything out of your mind. You are their mother at home. Your husband, if he doesn't need to work part-time, will be failing in his duties if he takes a part-time job, or if he works part-time, even if he can. Okay. No. Okay. You are the heart of the home. Your husband is the head of the home, as you say, and say, thanks a lot, Satan. You, you had a good try at this, but we're not doing it. We're following God's design. We're keeping the integrity of the family together. We're going to live together. We're going to pray together. We're going to raise saints together. We're going to prepare for whatever persecution comes together. And this is what we're doing. And if anyone comes to us for help, we'll help them as we can. And I suspect, Julie, you can already help them psychologically. I suspect that. So um, my answer is, this is not of God. All right, dear one. You're welcome, sweetheart. This is the end of the program for today. And God willing, beloved, we'll be with you tomorrow. God bless you.